So, which is better, Dune or The Eternals? The answer is actually pretty simple, although you may not like it. Hey friends, welcome to the Press Club C Podcast. I'm Ray Keating. In this 67th episode, we're going to discuss two of the biggest movies that have hit uh, theaters recently, Dune and Eternals. It turns out, quite frankly, that one is far, far superior to the other. But before we get into that, before we get wrestling the big Hollywood blockbusters to the ground, let's quickly answer that key question once more. What the heck is the Press Club C? Anyway, each letter stands for stuff we talk about during various episodes. P is for politics. R is for religion, mainly Christianity. E is for economics. S is for sports. That second S is for stories, books, and writing my own books, other books, fiction, nonfiction, reviews, authors, and so on. C is for culture, pop culture and otherwise. L, life, the big catch-all. U, understanding lessons in, for example, history and economics. Uh, B is for business and entrepreneurship. And that final C in the Press Club C is for conservative. Why? Because I am one. But we have to be very specific these days as to what kind of conservative you are. I am a Reagan, Kemp, Buckley, Coolidge, Lincoln, Madisonian kind of conservative. Also, I hope you'll consider purchasing any or all of my Pastor Stephen Grant thrillers and mysteries. For those who don't know, Stephen Grant is a pastor at St. Mary's Lutheran Church on Long Island, but he used to be a Navy SEAL and a CIA operative. And during 15 thrillers and mysteries in the series so far, with the first being Warrior Monk and the latest What's Lost, uh, readers come to see that Grant di didn't fully leave his old life behind uh, with a wide-ranging group of, of recurring characters from his days with the agency uh, to his parish work. I hope the readers find plenty of action, suspense, humor, various, uh, you know, interesting relationships, faith, love, adventure, mystery, opportunities for reflection and discussion. So please consider the paperbacks or the Kindle editions over at Amazon.com, or you can get signed books at RayKeatingOnline.com. And I really do appreciate the consideration. So now let's get to these movies. Yep. Understand, I'm an optimist, or I'm, I'm hopeful whenever I go to a movie theater. So my expectations uh, ran high for both uh, Eternals and Dune. Um, and in the end, those expectations actually were exceeded with Dune. Unfortunately, Eternals um, turned out to be a disappointment. In fact, a major disappointment. Um, and I think in turn... It, it, um, it, the Eternals movie throws fuel on the fire of a troubling trend emerging, uh, with recent Marvel projects. Now, of course, um, to break this out, you know, we can look at the box office. Both films face the obvious box office challenges with the ongoing struggle to emerge from the pandemic. Um, also Dune, uh, when it opened in movie theaters, it was offer, also offered immediately via online streaming on HBO Max. The Eternals also faced, I mean, they face the same situation in terms of, you know, pandemic and so on. But also that movie is expected to move rather quickly to, don't you love my, uh, my text message in the background? 
anyway, sorry about that. Um, that movie, Eternals, is expected to move to Disney Plus pretty darn quickly. I think before Christmas. Although nothing, at this point, nothing official has been announced. Um, but Dune opened domestically on October 22nd. And a month later, uh, according to boxofficemojo.com, it had taken in $367 million globally. Now, Eternals opened on November 5th. Um, and I think that opening weekend, it registered 171 million world. That's worldwide. Um, but it, it's worth noting that he, the Eternals opening weekend, the domestic take actually came in behind, um, other pandemic era MCU Marvel Cinematic Universe releases, uh, Black Widow, uh, came in at $80 billion, along with Disney announcing $60 million uh, on its Disney Plus premiere offering there. Uh, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings came in at $75 million opening weekend domestically. And Venom, Let There Be Carnage, at an inexplicable $90 million. Inexplicable why? Because, my God, that movie was horrible. It was an assault on your eyes, your ears, and your intellect. But we will go down that rabbit hole. Um, But as of November 22nd, Eternals Global Box Office stood at $336 million. So that's the box office numbers. Interestingly, uh, Dune has been out a little longer, but um, it is running ahead in terms of the box office. So as for critics and audiences, um, go over to RottenTomatoes.com. There are pluses and minuses to doing that. But Eternals, um, last time I checked, had a, a woeful 47% critic score, um, with audiences coming in at 80%. Now, meanwhile, that contrasts with Dune, which, again, the last time I checked, the critics came in at 82%. So that's 47% for Eternals, 82% for Dune. Um, and audiences on Dune were at 90%. So I'm not a fan of critics in general. <laughs> um, although I, I have played that role many times, like right now, and also, you know, writing newspaper columns over the years. But um, anyway, I think in the case of Eternals and Dunes, the critics got it basically right. Um, now, Dune is a wonderful movie. It, it ranks really as uh, it's sci-fi fantasy done right. Um, it's visually rich. It's immersive. The story is immersive. The characters are interesting. Um, the cast really is, is spot on. Um, the director, and I know I'm going to butcher his name, Dennis Villeneuve. <laughs> My son is going to kill me for that. He's a film god. Um, anyway, uh, he gets fine performances out of each of the actors. And that includes some people that I don't think have ever given us fine performances before. Like, I don't know, Jason Momoa, Dave Bautista. Um, so it's... it's uh, it, it also it offers a a flavor or hints of some other wonderful films like Lord of the Rings, uh, the trilogy, that Star Wars, Game of Thrones, uh, Lawrence of Arabia certainly. 
So this is a, a an engaging film. My mind certainly never wandered uh, to thinking about when this was going to be over. You've had that experience, I'm sure. Instead, I was I wanted the movie to go on, right? And I was thinking about where the characters were headed and the implications of their actions and so on. So again, I was immersed in this. Um, and given the ending, and I'm not going to give any spoilers in this, but given the ending, um, you know, shortly after the end of the film, I found myself thinking that Legendary and Warner Brothers better green light a sequel to Villeneuve's, there you go, Villeneuve, Dennis Villeneuve, thank you, um, with Villeneuve at the, at the helm. And thankfully, um, they have. And from what I understand, that film, uh, Dune 2, or whatever the title will be, will be arriving in 2023. Now, that is something to look forward to, because this film is so wonderful. Now, you contrast that with Eternals, and, uh, I mean, unfortunately, again, I had high expectations coming in, but the movie turned out to be bloated. It was an uninteresting story that, again, at times uh, did not follow, didn't make sense. Um, The characters were flat, um, along with the performances. Most of the performances were flat. Um, you know, again, unlike Dune, Eternals was, you know, played by, again, story points that made little sense. Um, there were all sorts of contradictions, including, um, glaring, glaringly contradictory moments for assorted characters. I mean, I'll mention just in passing Richard Madden's Icarus, um, where that was very, very painfully obvious, not to mention, and again, I don't want to give away too much, but his ending was way too on the nose. Uh, and you'll see, if you haven't seen the movie, you'll see what I mean. If you've seen the movie, uh, it should have slapped you in the face. Um, you know, amazing. And here, here's the weird thing about, I think, where our culture is today. Um, there's this group out there arguing that Eternals isn't getting the love it deserves. Because fans, you know, superhero movie fans, comic book fans are unwilling to deal with the big issues being brought up in a superhero movie. Now, this is, you know, my immediate reaction to this is to roll my eyes, to laugh mockingly. I mean, uh, all sorts of movies that are wonderful bring up big issues. Um, all sorts of comic books, actually, over the years that have been the best of the genre have brought up big issues. But this, this movie's not big, bringing up big issues, quite frankly. Uh, the writers um, and and the director, she has to, Chloe Zhao has to. They have to take She has to take responsibility here. They they seem to be striving, right, to present some big moral quandaries over which you know the characters um, have to wrestle and have disagreements and falling out, and and the audience is meant to do the same. But quite frankly, these so-called big issues are rather shallow. They're they're meaningless situations. They're, they seem to be dreamed up by a, a bunch of college students believing that they have great insights on things that they have no clue about, um, that they possess little or no knowledge of in the end. And that's unfortunate. That's tragic when you, talk, you think about the money being invested in these films. Um, you know, the, the so-called moral quandary served up in... Uh, Eternals, quite frankly, spoke more to the obtuseness of the filmmakers. Um, You know, Marvel itself seems to be pushing 
I don't know if it's still doing it, pushing the idea that this idea that, you know, Eternals is wrestling with some big issues and maybe this is Oscar worthy. And oh my goodness. Um, quite frankly, it shows that, you know, sometimes people involved with a studio don't get what they're doing. Right. I, I think this was very shallow type of stuff contrived uh, in the worst sense. Right. Of, you know, oh, the moral quandary here, it's, it's contrived. It's ridiculous. It doesn't make much sense. Um, but interestingly, compare that to Thanos in Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Um, there's real weight actually to his evilness, right? Um, this is fantasy rooted in real evils in terms of the, the real evil thinking going on, right? That these things have existed or they do exist. Um, so Thanos's motivations are consistent. And there's a certain significance and evil logic to it. Um, and then the character's reactions, right? Um, the superhero's reactions, for example, fit that as well, right? It's all pretty fantastic, if you will, I think, those two movies, um, especially for superhero movies. So there you have a clear example. People love that mo those two movies. They spent a boatload of money going to see it time over and over again. Um, it wasn't a case that, you know, oh, it was too heavy, it was too deep. Uh, there's nothing deep about Eternals. Um, so it's not, you know, this is not the case with the Eternals. This is not their problem. And also when you get past, so you get past the, the story issues, it also needs to be pointed out, I think, that um, the more the MCU goes in on, right, pushes the chips into the middle of the table on CGI effects, Maybe it's just me, but the, the, the results seem to be getting worse. Now, Eternals was not as bad as the end scenes in Shang-Chi and The Legend of the Ten Rings. Okay, that movie was adequate. It was a middling Marvel movie. Um, what really hurt it, I think, in a big way was the ending where the, you know, again, I want to give it away. But when you talk about the CGI there, it became very uh, convoluted. Um, not very clear as to actually what was going on from second to second. Um, and, and you can say the same thing about Captain Marvel. I mean, Captain Marvel was, was a CGI mess. Um, and in, in Eternals, there are several scenes that come across more like, I don't know, like crude animation as opposed to, you know, this great CGI stuff that's supposed to emerge, you know, interests us and immerse us in the storytelling quite the quite it's quite the contrary i mean some of it was so stark and bad that it uh, it takes you out of it um and i'm not an anti-cgi guy um but you got to know how to use it well and when to use it and i think uh, i think the mcu movies are getting a little getting a little getting a little i mean they're getting sloppy with it um you know, there were not everything, you know, there were moments at Eternals. There were characters and performances that actually were, were, were interesting. Not too many of them, but there were some. Of all people, Angelina Jolie. Now, I'm not a fan of hers, but not usually a fan, but um, she was quite good as Thena. Um, you know, he was a troubled character uh, whose challenges and reactions made sense. Um, and there was some life to her performance. Uh, Don Lee also was pretty good. Uh, as Gilgamesh going along with uh, 
with Fina. Um, also, the character Kingo, played by, I want to make sure I got this right, Kamal Nanjiani. Um, that character was had amusing moments. However, uh, with the tone and where they fit in, or they didn't fit in the story, those were real questions. Um, and that the tone issue goes back to, again to the big issues. You know, there, there is there are a couple of moments where they bring up a real world. I'll use one. They bring up a real world issue that happened right uh, in the twentieth century. Why they decided to do that, I have no idea. It doesn't fit the theme of the story. And I don't think they understand what actually happened historically and what the debate and discussion was at the time. The full ramifications and context. I mean, it, it's like you had, again, maybe high school or college students that, you know, oh, I, you know, I heard somebody talk about this briefly and I didn't bother to do any research on it. So anyway, um, but my point for bringing that up is that you have the Kingo character amusing, but doesn't fit at times. And, and I don't know if he fits the whole overall tone of the movie. And it's different to say, you know, the most serious of movies, most grim movies, sometimes you have to put inject a little humor to, to you know, provide relief to the audience and also to engage the audience, right? I don't know if that was done well with that character in Eternals. It wasn't done well. Um now, regarding how Eternals fits into the MCU, um, this goes back to my original expectations, right? I I had a uh, an assumption in terms of how this is being billed, um, and I know you shouldn't assume anything. Felix Unger taught us that in The Odd Couple, right? When you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. <laughs> I was that dating myself. Anyway, so you shouldn't assume, but I hope that the film would would break the the recent trend um in mcu entries that were have been poor to middling now i know people are like what are you talking about well on disney plus you know wandavision for all the praise it received and it was innovative in terms of its first several episodes uh in the end it came up miserably short and egregiously short actually i would argue in the final episode the falcon and winter soldier was clumsy uh at best um came up short in a whole host of ways uh black widow and shang chi the legend of the ten rings were again middling mcu movies i think i think black widow was came ahead ahead of shang chi but i think the best you can say is they're eh, you know the two of them were okay the real standout actually recently since avengers endgame the only standout i would argue is has been loki the disney plus series that's been uh, that's that's the big plus for a whole host of reasons, but the fact that um, it's really a fascinating character-driven story. Um, now, I thought Eternals was supposed to get the MCU back on track, back to interesting, exciting, compelling storytelling and characters, getting rid of the plot holes, getting rid of the character inconsistencies. And that did not turn out to be the case, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, and disappointingly. No. So, you know, my thoughts at the end of the of Eternals were were the exact opposite of what I experienced with Dune. Um, 
Turned out I was thankful that Eternals was over. And rather than wondering, you know, what would come next for characters, I was left wondering where the heck the MCU was headed uh, and not in a good way. Right. The, all of the characters I could, uh, how could I, why would I be interested in where these characters were going? They were all uninteresting in this, um, largely almost all uninteresting, uh, in this film. And again, as I said, I'm a hopeful guy in the end. So what am I left with? I'm, I mean, now I'm left to turn my hope <laughs> to Spider-Man No Way Home, which opens on uh, December 17th. And I hope that will accomplish what Eternals most certainly did. That is get us engrossed in and enjoying the MCU once more. I really do want that to happen. In the meantime, uh, I'm almost done reading the Dune book and it took me a long time to get to read that, start reading it and given work and stuff, it's taken me a while to read it to, to actually complete it, but I'm getting very close. And it is a wonderful book and the film adaptation uh, spot on. I mean, just, just good stuff. So I, I look forward with true hope and anticipation for Dune 2. I look forward to the MCU uh, getting back on track. And let's hope that happens with Spider-Man No Way Home. Hey, folks, thanks for listening. Your feedback and suggestions are always welcome. Please check out my various endeavors and books, uh, including some columns over at KeatingFiles.com. Uh, my podcast free and my other podcast free enterprise in three minutes. Um, also the daily dose of Disney with Ray Keating podcast. Um, also along the Disney lines, go to DisneyBizJournal.com for some analysis, commentary, <coughs> commentary news on, uh, the Disney entertainment empire. Uh, and please, uh, again, consider, my books, the Pastor Stephen Grant Thrillers and Mysteries, there are 15 of those over at Amazon.com and at RayKeatingOnline.com. Uh, two most recent nonfiction books, Free Trade Rocks, Behind Enemy Lines, two separate books there. Behind Enemy Lines is a collection of essays. Um, and those books, again, Amazon.com, RayKeatingOnline.com. And also... Uh, if you want to get things done, set goals, and be inspired each day, I've got two new planners out for 2022. Uh, these are my to-do list solution planners, which I'm going to talk about in the next episode. Uh, the Lutheran Planner 2022. You don't have to be a Lutheran to love it, by the way. And the Disney Planner 2022. The only place you can get those, though, is over at RayKeatingOnline.com. So please check all that stuff out. Again, thank you so much for listening, and God bless you.